for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Friday, everybody. Episode number 28, volume number two of the Coffee Call. And today we've got an exciting one. A listener submitted question, and I've been getting this one a lot. And it's basically what to get for self-filming and how to self-film. And I got Justin on the other line, and I'm excited about this one, man. How are you? I'm good. This is this is a really good topic. I think we're going to have a hard time uh, staying inside 25 or 30 minutes it's it's easy to get lost in this one i think there's uh there is always one of those but moments in this kind of a conversation like there's there's no hard and fast answer it's not black and white uh just has a lot to do with your experience uh the style of hunting you're doing and how much money you want to spend so it's it's, yeah and there's a lot of variables to it you know yeah. And I kind of wanted to start by saying, you know, a lot of people ask me this question and my answer to them is don't break the don't don't break the bank right away. You know, go out and get yourself a $500, $300 handy cam and learn how to tell a story first. Yeah. You know, a lot of those handy cams and little camcorders, they they shoot in HD. You know, look go out there and 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 learn how to use it, and learn how to tell a story, and a, a compelling story that everybody's going to want to see. Because once you can do that, I mean, you might even get into it, and you're like, I don't really, this really isn't for me, and you're not out a whole bunch of money. Yeah. But if you're the person that's got a whole bunch of money to spend, that might be a little different story. I guess that would be my first take on it. What do you got? Yeah, I would agree 100% with that. Um, it's one thing to go out there and push record and say you you filmed your hunt, you filmed your kill, but, but why are you doing it? Like, is that your only objective? Then great mission accomplished. All you need is a GoPro, you know, but if you want to like, if you want to film enough to actually put somebody in your shoes, you know, bring them into the stand with you and like, just kind of create that storyline that goes along with your hunt. Um, you know, that, that's the most important thing to learn first is how to tell that story and how to bring those people in. And then from there you can kind of, extrapolate and get different camera angles, different quality cameras, you know, different lenses, different looks, all that stuff. But if you want to tell the story, 
you need to figure out how to do that first. Yep. Like you said, just go out and buy, um, you know, if, if that's where you're at and that's what you want to establish first to see, you know, how much you can put into it, um, go get one of those cheap handy cams. Um, and when I say cheap, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw a rough estimate out there of, you know, under a thousand dollars. You can get them down to 200, 300, you know, but I mean, I don't, do you think that's, that's wrong to call a camera cheap if it's under a thousand bucks? I really don't think so. I mean, you know, there's a lot of SLRs out there that you can get bodies for six, $800, you know, $900. I mean, they're going to do fine. Great. You know, they're going to be great video quality, but you know, I started off with a $250 Sony Handycam when I was, when I started doing it, you know, and I shot on that for three or four years, you know, and, and I knew this was what I wanted to do and everything. And it was HD and, you know, that was back in the day, but everything evolves. So like that camera is going to be outdated in no time, it seems like, you know, so then I moved to a $800 camera, a Canon Vixia uh, HF20 or FS20 or something like that. I can't remember the, the full title of it, but in that one, I could actually put a XLR mic on and, you know, I could change, you know, picture profiles and everything. So there's yeah. different, there's different things you can do. Um, and I could shoot in 4k as well. So it was, it was the the evolution of the cameras at the time. And, and I was ready to buy that, you know? Um, but you also got to think about too, is your setup when you're in the tree, you know, you need a camera arm as well because yeah. you're self filming. So, um, yeah, that's but a, let's stick that... on the cameras first. Let's, let's keep, let's keep going on the cameras. And like to, like you were saying, you know, thousand dollars and under is, is it is a cheap camera not i wouldn't say like cheap like it's a piece of crap cheap i would say it's on the cheaper end yeah but it's still going to be very effective for you yeah it's a good starting point and it'll it'll do what you want it to do you'll have those features that you want like you said picture profiles or color profiles a lot of those cameras are going to accept at the very least uh, a shotgun mic with an auxiliary cord so like your headphone jack um, as opposed to an XLR mic, which is the three pin, you know, like a bigger shotgun mic. And I yep. know even some of those, well, I don't, I can't think of one under a thousand bucks that'll take a, an XLR mic, but, um, but like I said, if you're just testing the waters and you're just trying to, you're trying to get into it, I guess, and you're just trying to get rolling with it, you don't need to get that far into getting that kind of audio yet, um. Again, like you said, that's another that's another topic of the discussion. But cameras, yeah. Um, I, like, you, man, I don't know what to say about it. You can go DSLR or camcorder. Um, the cam, the DSLR, you're going to have to buy a lens. You're still going to push a thousand bucks once you get the lens on it. Uh, you're going to want external audio on a DSLR. But yep. um, for me, like when people ask me this question, um, you know, I ask, "What's your budget?" and they say, I don't know, I'll spend 1500 bucks. Like, what do I need? Um, one camera I always point them to uh, specifically is the uh, Sony uh, AX53. It's a, it's a handy cam level camera. Um, 
you can get three different size batteries for it, you know, for longer battery life, and it you can plug in a hundred dollar shotgun mic with an ex with a uh, auxiliary cord. Um, mm-hmm. You can set manual focus. You can set color profiles. Um, it's light. It's small. It's compact. You can literally put it in your pocket if you wanted to. Um, you can put it on any kind of tripod, fluid head, ball head. Um, it doesn't require a lot of support. You can get a really small, inexpensive tree arm and do just fine with it. Um, and it's it's 4K, and it's 800 bucks at Best Buy. It records mm-hmm. to SD cards, like all those things that those little pieces that add up. It just the accessories it requires to do it the right way are also cheap. So. Um, that's the one I always point people to. Yeah, and and mine I would point to, you know, it would be the Sony HFR 100, I believe it is. I might be slightly off on that, but that is going to be a camera that's right around $1,500 um, just for the body itself. You can manual focus, you can shoot 4K, you can shoot 1080 at 30p at 60 um, it doesn't do frame rate. So what I mean by frame rate is, uh, it doesn't shoot slow-mo. So 120 or 180, it does not do that. Um, but you can put, uh, external XLR port on it for mics. And like I said, you can do the profiles, manual focus. Um, it's menu based. So what I mean by that is all the settings that you have to change. You have to go in the menu to change them on like a lot of your higher end cameras, um, everything's on the side of the camera, so it's, you know, very, uh, you can just touch a button and customize everything, basically. So that's the one I kind of point to if your budget is right around that $1,500 range. Very effective camera. You would shoot on that camera for a long time. It's a dual, if I remember right, it's a dual uh, SD card slot, so um, you won't run out of space unless you're filming a lot and don't dump your cards and you know, you're just logging footage, but that's the one I kind of go to, um, you know, SLRs, we were talking about DSLRs. And so if anybody, you know, doesn't know what DSLR is basically in a nutshell, a DSLR is what looks like a picture camera, um, that people take pictures with, but they take unbelievable video as well too. A lot of them do. Um, the ones that we shoot on for rival wild are Sony a seven S twos. Um, and the reason why we do that is because they're very effective cameras. They do a couple things. They are great in low light. In my opinion, they are the best camera out there in low light situations. I'm not kidding you. The camera will last longer than the hunter can see. I'm not kidding you at all. Yeah. We shoot Um, on a couple of those. Yep. And we shoot, uh, 50 to 500 Sigma lenses. And, uh, so we can really punch in if we want to, we shoot everything in 4k and that camera will shoot uh, frame rate. It'll shoot um, 120 with audio. Yeah. So what I mean by that is when you're filming in 120, it all it also records audio. A lot of cameras do not do that. More and more are starting to do it, but uh, the, uh, that camera does do it, and it does it very effectively, and you can take really good pictures with it as well. So... Um, it's not a great picture camera. Like it, I wouldn't buy it for just taking pictures. I would buy it for a video camera, but it's also effective to take pictures as well to be a dual purpose camera. Now the downsides to an SLR, in my opinion, are um, 
the focus issues. So like when you're self-filming, I have a remote that is on the tree arm that you can run it with one hand. So you can have your bow on the other hand. Uh, with a SLR, that's a little harder to do. Um, you know, we run Sigma lenses on a Sony camera, so that means that uh, the autofocus, there basically isn't any. You have to run a Sony lens on it to have autofocus. And I really don't even like running cameras on autofocus anyway. <laughs> no. <never laughs> because it's just, it. <laughs> yeah, you can't. And that's another thing I would say. Learn your camera, whatever it is, learn it inside and out, and, tr and really run it on manual. But, um, I guess that's kind of what I have. I mean, do you have anything else to add on to on the SLR side? Um, no, I mean, those are the basics of it. I mean, um, if you're considering a mirrorless camera, like Aaron said, these these uh, these A-series from Sony, um, like the A7S II or the A7R, um, they just came out with the A7Ies and the A7R3. Um, like I said, you can get remotes for those and they do make some pretty big lenses that are actually servo lenses for those. So you can control the lens from the remote. Um, but you're looking at a whole nother price bracket once you start considering yep. those kinds of lenses. And, uh, in my experience, you know, unless you're spending two or three times as much as the camera costs, you're not going to get the quality you will when you buy the lens that's designed for those cameras, which is that Sony, uh, what is it? The G series, Yep. glass yeah i believe so yep um so yeah two-handed operation that, that's... for the most part <laughs> yeah versus one hand um but you have a little more versatility um you're gonna need to know a little bit more about the settings and you know navigating the camera quickly uh you know in a hunting situation um i know you and i are kind of partial to using those as even second angle cameras now you know, as long as we're yep. not self-filming. So, I mean, it doesn't really pertain to this conversation. But uh, my, my first camera was a DSLR, and I still use it. As a matter of fact, it's the, only, right. it's the only camera I have left. I sold everything else except for that one. Yep. And I had a Canon 60D for a long time. Um, you can buy the bodies for those 60Ds now for like 500 bucks. Yeah. Um, they're they're pretty outdated, but they're... They're an effective camera. Take really good pictures and take very, very good quality uh, video as well. But let's let's take a step back. So let's let's talk about the the blue collar everyday guy that wants to self film. So let's say, you know, that guy is within you know the thousand dollar range, thousand dollars and under. So the equipment that you're gonna need. So let's say you have a camera, and um, whether that be an SLR or if that's a camcorder. Um, the next thing is you want to get a tree arm. I have always used the Muddy Outfitter arm. They make a lot of different stages. This is a smaller, lighter arm. Um, and mine actually has a uh, quiet ratchet strap, I guess you could say. They made a ratchet strap uh, for a couple years, I feel like, because it wasn't on all of them for some reason. But it's got a Versa button on it, um, so it's got the loops and the ratchet strap virtually doesn't make any noise when you're ratcheting it to the tree. It's very light, and um, I put a Manfrotto um, fluid head on it. Can't remember what model that one is, 
but it's a, a very light compact head and I've got a remote for the camera and everything and I can run that whole camera with one hand and that's what I like. I like it to be simple. I like to keep my movements low and uh, basically it's just an extension of your body. So that's kind of the tree arm I use. Are you are you usually running the same one? Uh, yeah, I actually I have the Outfitter, that small one, and then I've got the was it the hunter i think is the mid-sized one maybe i had that backwards i don't know but i've got this i've got the small one and the medium one okay as far as yep. muddy goes but uh i've used that small one that small arm will hold just about any camera up until i want to say it'll hold anywhere from 12 to 15 pounds don't quote me on that it seems like a lot but it's 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 pre- it's a relatively pretty small tree arm though perfect for self-filming yeah, it's easy to set up, like you said. It's uh, you just you ratchet the base to the tree, you pop the arm in, and then screw on your fluid head. So, yep. Um, yeah, that's about as simple as it gets. Um, yeah. If, if you're concerned with weight, like packability, um, fourth arrow is a good way to go. Um, you know that carbon, the carbon arm they have. Um, Again, they'll take just about any fluid or ball head out there, but I don't know. How you, I mean, in my experience with those, um, they're just not as solid as those as the muddies for some reason. And I mean, like I said, I don't think it's a bad thing one way or the other. Um, I think they just they support a little less weight. So if you got a small camera and your weight is a concern, you know, fourth arrow might be a good option. But uh, no, those are those are the two that I know are out there that are kind of leading the pack, so to speak. Yeah. Yep. As for that, I mean, you know, the arm, when I like to set up in the tree, you know, I'm, I'm a right-handed shooter. Uh, so I like to set the arm about, uh, the base. I mean, I guess you could say the base. I like to set it to my right side about belly button height. So it's right there by my right hand where I can grab it and just go flip it on. And, uh, and it's all, you know, like I said, low movements and, and, uh, so you can't, you know, you don't want to get detected by any other, any deer or anything like that. And, and, uh, yeah. And make sure you have extra batteries, especially <laughs> for like all day sits yeah. and extra cards, always have that stuff with you. Um, other than that, it's, you know, you can get a really good setup. A, a pretty pretty good setup for a thousand dollars. What I mean by that is a camera, cards, base, uh, tree arm and base, um, batteries, you know, a fluid head. You can be in to some you know a good setup that's gonna you know suffice you very well f- for a thousand dollars or less. Yeah, it's, I mean you're right. There's there's no reason you need to go out there and spend you know three to five grand just to see if you can do this. Like there are cheaper options out there that do just as good a job, you know, for your level. If, if you're entry level, like just to see if you can get into it, if it's something that you want to continue to, to deal with when you're hunting. Um, you know, and that's, it's one thing you're going to find out. And unfortunately, like Aaron talked about with, with Jim Abbott this week um, where he was self filming and, missed an opportunity at a shop because he was self-filming. So you'll find out real quick that adding the camera adds another 
element of difficulty to your hunt because trust me when you see your target buck coming in the first thing you want to say is screw the camera i'm shooting this deer <laughs> yes it's gonna especially be... when you yeah <laughs> especially when you hunt in michigan you don't have a lot of opportunities no, at, I, at, I did uh... the same thing <laughs> in, in saskatchewan last year i mean i was freelancing for, for three years prior to going to saskatchewan last year and i was filming myself and the buck walked out on my first sit and i got no pre-roll i got I got the sh- I got about forty seconds of him in the shooting lane, and that was it. I shot. I made a bad shot, and uh, I didn't even turn the camera around to say how pissed off I was at myself. I just shut it off, and I, was, I said, "That's it. That's the end of it. I'm done." Yeah, <laughs> you know. So right. I don't know. That's that's on the second episode of the, the fall podcast, actually. So you can hear about that if you want to go back and listen to it. But uh, <laughs> it adds so much more. Like. But I will tell you this, and Aaron, I think you can agree, but once you do it and do it successfully, like, you're going to be hooked. You will never not do yep. it. Yep. And you're going to learn a lot of things as you go, especially when you start editing it as well. And we'll do a whole other podcast about the editing style and stuff like that eventually. But, um, you know, we've got, we've got a little bit of time here. So I, I want to kind of jump into also – I really feel like, you know, get a GoPro and put that GoPro above you. And, you know, you can run a GoPro from a remote now, yep. you know, or your phone. Even I wouldn't recommend phone. doing it from your phone. But, you know, a remote, literally, I put it on my safety harness and it's literally one click to turn it on and record. And it's recording. I put it on wide mode and I put it right behind, basically right above my head. So it gets everything. And that's another bail shot, like what we like to call a bail shot. So, you know, when I'm filming, you know, Chris or Casey or even myself, I le- I don't like to recreate anything at all. Yeah, if I, I can get it live, I'm going to get it live. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think it's more authentic. Yeah, it's more authentic. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've never recreated anything. I have, but it's not, not, the same. A, not a ton. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't done it a ton. So get some sort of POV. I recommend a GoPro. Um put that thing above you and or like an angle back to you you can put it on your bow get creative with it you know and they even make little shotgun mics for them too yep so what i like to do when i'm going out i got a shotgun mic for mine and when i'm walking out i like to do like a vlog style you know that's a big thing right now vlogs are big so as i'm walking out so i don't have to do any talking in the tree you know as i'm walking out doing something or at the truck getting ready I like to do my talk right there. I get in the tree, set everything up, and I'm done. And, you know, we could talk a little bit about that too. So when you get in the tree, what do you capture? How do you lay down a story? And I'll let you kick that off. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Like, it's so easy to overlook it or think it's not important. But, uh, you know, going back to the way we open this is, you know, if you want to tell that story, um, you know, that means everything – good, bad, uneventful, and seemingly insignificant because, I mean, you have those hours on end where nothing's happening. Something is happening. A bird might be eating berries at the bottom of the tree. That's what you film to pass the time, you know, or um, it's just, I mean, that's a big thing that, that I deal with as an editor because a lot of our footage comes in from guys, you know, on the regional 
side of things, like with Midwest Whitetail and the other shows we produce. And you know, it, it's not. A, I'm not saying this is a is a bad thing. It's just one of those things that a lot of people overlook. Is like, okay, well, you, you gave me the interview in the truck when you were on the way, and then next thing I know, the deer is walking in, and there's nothing in between. Like, you got to get right. me. You got to get me from the truck to the tree stand to knocking your arrow to hanging up your bow to you know establishing shots you know just show me the area you're in you know pans left to right tilts up and down um you know and it like i said it seems insignificant and we can we'll get further into this when we talk about editing styles but you need to what i tell guys is you just you got to get me through every step of everything you're doing you know and it seems it seems ridiculous and it's like well, okay, I got cold, so I put my hat on. Well, film yourself putting the hat on, so when you go from, you know, talking with your with your your Richardson 112 on, you know, all of a sudden you got a beanie on. It's like, okay, where'd that come from? Right. You know, and that's in my opinion that if if the viewer doesn't see it, it didn't happen. Right. So it's you like, know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. And again, it's I'm not saying that to like say you know, it, it makes me mad or it's, it's, it makes footage unusable. It's just, it's one of those things that as an editor, you pick out and it's just like, well, you started like this, but then all of a sudden it's like this, you know, what happened in between? Like next time, just show me that, you know, I'm not going to not use it, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, definitely. And and it's hard because a lot of times you're doing things two or three or four times, like, especially in your setup, like, for me, one of the coolest things to see is like the guy coming up the tree, the ladder or whatever the case may be, you know, take, taking his backpack off, putting a bow arm in, hanging up his bow, you know, and just getting all set, you know? So that means you have to go up the tree once first, set up a GoPro, hit record, go back down, put all your stuff back on and then climb up the tree, do it all again, unload everything, get set up, you know? And it's like, it's a lot of work. There's there's more to it than just yeah. climbing up in there and pushing record on your kill shot. Mm-hmm. And think about it this way, too. Let's say you want to get that shot of you climbing up. Let's say you have a GoPro on your bow that's already on your bow rope. Hit record on that, position it like a tripod basically looking up, climb up, and you've got your shot going up. Then you don't have to do it twice as well. Right. You know, there's just think creatively. Think of ways around it. Um, yep. The staple I like to do when I get in the tree is the first thing I do when I'm like set, ready to go is I get all my pans, you know, not, I shouldn't say all my pans, but you know, as the day goes on, the sun goes down or the sun rises. So you get, you have to set that story up. If it's a morning and the sun's rising over the trees and everything, get that, get that shot coming over the trees. And what I like to do when I'm editing. So when I do an interview, I like for viewers to hear the voice before you see who's talking. So think of shots that can go over that, a a tight of a leaf, um, a pan left to right, a pan right to left, a static shot, which, you know, we talk about static shots. A static shot is just lingo for a still shot. Basically you just set the camera up and it's static. It's right there. Um, a a shot of your bow, a shot of your broadhead, shot of your, I mean, (laughs) there's so many products that you can not even you have to plug, but just show, you know, a lot of people like to see what you're using and, and, uh, it's just really cool. And, and once you start doing it more and more and more, it becomes more second nature and, and, uh, 
there's ways to be creative with it and, and kind of do something a little different than other people are doing. And, and that's what I love about it so much is it's, it's so much fun. And, and like Justin alluded to a little earlier, once you do it once, I don't care if it's a buck or a doe or what it is or a hog or what you're shooting. Once you self film yourself once it it's addicting, but it is very easy to go back it is very easy for you to be like, I'm just going to leave the camera in the truck. Just just going to do it. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I film for a living. So when I come home and I want and, and I want to hunt, I mean, sometimes the last thing I want to do is film myself. Uh-huh. You know, it's one thing to have a cameraman come with you, but sometimes I just want to go hunting yep. and just go out and enjoy the tree and enjoy the, the you know, the, the, uh, the wildlife around you, the birds and, and the smells and the noises and everything. You just want to just sit back and just take a load off, you know? And yeah, just, just hunt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but then when you kill without a camera, it's like, well, I wish I would have had a camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Every so. time. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if I really have anything else to add, you know, and, and just so everybody listening, if you have any like particular questions about, a certain camera or equipment that you want to know more about or what you want to know our opinion, what we think about it, DM us, man. I mean, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, personal pages, doesn't matter. Hit us up anytime you want and uh, we'll respond to you or we'll do another podcast about it. It's fine. I mean, I love doing this stuff. I know you do too. And yeah, um, like these coffee calls, we would like to keep them to 30 minutes or so. And, and, uh, yeah, so I I really don't have anything else. We'll we'll get into some more. I mean, we could go all different areas, you know, ways on oh, yeah. this thing. So, yeah. But. No, it's there's 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 more that comes to my mind right now that I want to talk about, but we're up on time, I know. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. We'll just we'll we'll uh, we'll expand on this maybe in the next one or the next two or something and see. For sure. See where it goes. One thing um, is if you think you should film it, if you're like looking at it and you're like, oh, I should get a tight shot of that leaf, then you need to get a tight shot of that leaf. If, you, if you're thinking about it, then you need to film it. Um, think in that way as well. There's times when you get in the tree and, you know, I filmed for over, you know, a lot of days this year in the tree and it's like you get lackadaisical. You're like, yeah. Man, I really don't want to stand up and grab the camera and film that. But if you think you should film it, then you need to film it. You should, um, if that makes sense. And and uh, have fun with it. Get creative with it. You know, look at YouTube and look at you know watch TV and 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 look at the hunting shows and and take some ideas what they have and and make it your own and 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 work with it and um, yeah, just get creative and find your niche. Do what you got to do and and like I said before you know learn how to tell a story first learn how to tell a story effectively and everything else will fall into place yeah and uh you know adding to that my i would say that um once you get a grasp on the filming uh start getting your feet wet into editing because you will improve your filming uh, abilities and you know your your purpose with the camera will become so much more clear once you understand what all those shots mean, where they go, how they're used, um, so one hundred percent. That's that's what I would end this with is just to say, figure out if you like to film, if you can tell a story, start learning how to cut it all together, 
And then from there, you can start refining the way you shoot and understand exactly why you have to have yep. all these little pieces. It'll become so That's when so everything clear. will start. Yeah, that's when everything will start clicking, like Justin said. That's that's when it's going to click. It's going to be like, well, shit, I wish I had that shot. Yeah. And then it, it's, it's going to re- register in your mind the next time you go out there, you're going to get that shot, yep. transition shots and, and everything like that. So yeah, good point. That's that's a good point. It's it's one of those, like, just dirty mistresses where you don't realize you wish you would have done something else until you go back and watch it and say, oh, what was I thinking? Like, I should have I should have ran that, you know, for three more seconds or I should have panned right instead of left. It's like you don't realize – that you did it wrong until you see it after it's been done. Yep. So it's, definitely. that's one thing that I, I, I remember coming up through all this over the, over the past few years is it, I screwed up more than I got right for a long time. <laughs> and, it, and it makes you a better producer, you know? Yeah. There's cameramen and there's field producers. There's, there's a, a, a big difference. Yeah. For you sure. want to work yourself towards being a field producer. Yeah. You know, so it's baby steps to get there, and uh, but work at it. Yeah, and it'll work. As Bill so says, "Cool man, dream big." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, let's right. get off here. We've been we've been blabbering too long now. So. <laughs> oh yeah, thirty-five minutes already. Don't forget, everybody. You know, we're gonna do these listener submitted questions. Go on and submit the questions. We've got a ton. Um, but we want more. We want more. And, Definitely. and if you could, go leave some ratings on iTunes and five-star five rating if you would, please, <laughs> and leave some feedback. We, we love it. We like, we like to hear from everybody, and the support's been great. So thanks again, everybody, and uh, I think we're going to sign off. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.